0: The master, huh? huh? <laughs> wait, a minute, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, Leroy. Wait a minute.
1: I love you. You stay here. Who's the master? I can't
0: hear you, Leroy. One place that you have not looked, and it is there, only there, that you shall find the
1: master. You sure look like a master to me. All right, Leroy, who's
2: the one and only master? I am. Ah!
3: Let me go, motherfucker! Let me go!
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Action for Everyone for this year, December 3rd, 2023. I am, as always, your host, Mike Scott. The A4E Command Center is back up and running. We are we are no longer uh, patching together uh, an episode. Uh, for those wondering, it was uh, my graphics card melted, so I was able to get a new one, and, and we're back up and running. Um, joined, as always, by Vice Victus. Vice, how are you today?
2: We're back just in time for another special episode, uh, You know, we always... Doing big things, yeah. Let's get into it.
0: <laughs> and all the way from Indonesia, where uh, things keep leaking out, no matter how much he tries to keep a lid on what's happening. Uh, Liam O'Donnell, Liam, how are you today? I'm good. Yeah,
3: yeah. Indonesian, uh, it, they're they're a hype culture, and so if they post something, I, I just take it as a compliment. And we're we're not some twist movie that uh, if Mister Fantastic's going to pop up and it's going to ruin your enjoyment or something like that. So. Whatever I let any hype
0: is good hype. I'm just riding the wave. <laughs> <laughs> that works. We are also joined uh, once again by a very special guest because we bring you nothing but legends here on the Action for Every Everyone podcast. Uh, he, I said this to him off mic. He is one of the most formative actors, sort of, of my youth uh, and uh, my, my my life my and life. my my love as an action fan. Um, he was in The Last Dragon. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of Us. He was also the stunt for the stunt double for Donatello in the original TMNT. Uh he has been in the rundown. He has uh been on a Disney Channel show that we will talk about called Secret Bodyguard. Ernie Reyes Jr. Ernie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. We are we are so happy to have you. Uh once again, shout out to our booker, Chancellor Haynes, for uh for hooking this up. Uh Chancellor is yeah. Chancellor's, I, again, I say this time and time again, guy hangs out with Taylor Swift and all he can think about is guests for our show. Um, So, you know, uh, and we've said this before, Chancellor, if you do get Taylor on the show, Vice will ask her about uh, uh, Den of Thieves. It, it will happen.
3: Guaranteed. <laughs>
0: Ernie, when we have a guest like you on, what we'd like to kind of do a little bit is we, we like to start with your origin story and your origin story kind of necessarily starts with your father. For those who don't know, Ernie Reyes senior, uh, is a, I think fair to say a legend, uh, amongst, uh, the martial arts community. So talk a little bit about growing up with, with Ernie, with Ernie senior and how he got you into martial arts at such a young age.
1: Yeah, well, uh, my earliest memories were uh, of my dad was, you know, as a taekwondo competitor. So he kind of grew up uh, playing basketball and that was his thing. And then I think he was going into college and uh, broke his ankle. And in the process of like healing up and not being able to ball, he just took up martial arts, Taekwondo. And in a quick uh, period of time, I think it was like a few years, he was like basically on the national team uh, for the United States and traveled and competed in Korea. This is in the late 70s. So those were my like earliest memories of my dad was just the lifestyle of being a martial arts competitor and an athlete, which means like waking up early in the morning when it's still dark and going running and going to the track. and. Just living the lifestyle of a martial artist basically all day long every day so that was that's how i got into it and then i kind of just slowly you know gravitated towards it Um and then i and then once i got fully into it and that that process you know you're always kind of fooling around when you're a kid i think if you have a kid and you're a martial artist you're always kind of fooling around with your kid knowing you're kind of developing their dexterity and their you know basic fundamentals just physically uh but then once I got into it it was kind of like we were we dove right in you know and it was just basically training all day long you know as like a martial arts as a martial artist there was nothing there was no uh martial arts it wasn't like how it is today I, it was just, there was nothing going on like in terms of that other than be, people being inspired by Bruce Lee. So that was kind of my whole thing was is that I was, Bruce Lee was my hero. They said a few heroes growing up. It was like Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali. Bruce Lee and Muhammad Ali were pretty much like the combination. And then my dad was made, facilitated that dream by our day to day life. So, like, those were my heroes, and I wanted to be like those guys. And then I actually lived the life that could actually make that happen. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to karate class like three times a week or whatever. It's like, no, this is we're fully in this lifestyle morning, noon, night, everything we do, it's all revolves around martial arts. And so I was a kid, basically, amongst adults all the time training in martial arts and it wasn't like now which is like it's majority kids when you take about all the practitioners and then yeah and then fighters and all that but that all kind of like is a very small demographic in comparison to like kids in martial arts and personal development through martial arts um but back then that wasn't the case there were barely any martial arts studios. People talking in the backyards and this and that and whatever. My dad had his own school pretty much before I was born. So that was just kind of the life I was born into. Those were my heroes. And then my dad was the one that actually trained me to, to execute on my dream, which was to be like Bruce Lee. And eventually Bruce Lee not, is not just a martial artist, but he's a filmmaker. So then that was my dream. And so at eight years old, we were making 16 millimeter uh movies with the film school students in the Bay Area way before Hollywood, and we were doing our fight scenes and you know, just trying to be like Bruce Lee.
0: <laughs> which which transitions definitely into obviously the next part of your of your life, which is you getting into movies at an incredible incredibly young age um you know your first sort of credited role is is The Last Dragon in 1985 uh which is the movie that actually inspired me to uh, poorly take karate when i was a kid uh and primarily because of you because if you could do it then i think i was like 10 at the time i'm like well then i can do it too it really was for people who aren't olds like me it's hard to impress upon you now especially when we've seen kids in movies do martial arts and and stuff like that um it's hard to impress upon people how mind-blowing it was to watch you do these things in The Last Dragon if you don't mind talk a little bit about how you got cast in that what filming that movie was like what it was like to be in a major movie when you're 13 years old like that
1: yeah well so I got into martial arts Now I'm competing in martial arts, and I'm basically making martial arts history by being like the only child ever to compete against adults and be ranked in the top 10 in the nation. So that means like you travel every weekend competing against all the best people in the country. And then at the end of the year, they have rankings and you're somewhere in the top 10. This is like going to every city all across America, basically, you know, every weekend you're doing some sort of tournament. And I was competing in forms, which is basically like a kata or gymnastics floor exercise, except using martial arts movement. And it's all based upon the precision of technique, et cetera. So we grew up like that. That's what we're doing every weekend. My dad also had the West Coast demonstration team, which was... Uh, a martial arts demonstration team and we kind of brought in choreography to music now we're doing martial arts to music this is in the late 70s so <clears throat> martial arts demonstrations used to be very uh, serious and quiet and and we were like you know it was going up you know and uh it was all choreographed to music and we did skits and So every weekend like we performed live. So even in the Bay Area, you know, the 49ers, the Golden State Warriors, we were doing live shows in front of 70,000 people and getting standing ovations, like at the halftime show, you know, when Joe Montana is playing and Dwight Clark is making the catch and we're the halftime show. Wow. And we're we're getting people out of their chairs based upon our demonstration. So it wasn't like, oh my God, we're surprised that they found us. It's like, that was our mission. We knew what we were doing. We were on a mission. It, it never, we didn't just end up happening to be here. I didn't just end up here right now on a whim. Um, it was all always been a mission and it still is. And so we knew how to rock a live crowd. It's much harder to rock a live crowd than it is to shoot a fight scene and cut it together and have everybody go, Oh, that was awesome. Well, yeah, of course. Cause you can see the guys stumbling all over the place and <laughs> it took just to get that one kick. Right. And it was a miss every other time and blah, 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 blah. It's all happening right now. Everybody's watching you and you're either emo- the The feedback is instantaneous. Yeah. You do it and the crowd erupts or they're not even watching. And they're eating popcorn and talking to their girlfriend or whatever, whatever. (laughs) Totally engaged in what you're doing, and you're elevating them to another peak level of energy. And these are at sporting events, like so. By the time we come to Hollywood, it wasn't like, "Hey, we're doing our thing." So, The Last Dragon. We get to the set of Seventh Heaven. And it's like, hey, we're, we flew from California to New York. We're going to do our demo. We're going to meet Barry Gordon. We're going to see what's up. Like at 13 years old, I was already like, what? I'm a champion martial artist. I rock crowds live and like kill it every single time. And I'm a huge Motown fan. So I grew up in Motown and the Jackson 5 and the whole thing and performing. So there wasn't I'm like, oh, my God, I. I'm nervous I'm like this is this is we know what we're about to go do here. whoever's watching. And that was what got instilled in not just myself, but the entire demo team, which was like, we're making it undeniable. Nobody's gonna even have a choice to well, let me think about it and you know, I got some notes for you and this and that. It's like, no, yay, wow that was- <laughs> make it undeniable and then nobody can say anything about what you're doing you know, and that comes in a lot of practice and training. That's where the confidence comes in. You're like, I do this all day long, every single day. I'm now not going to stumble when it comes time to perform. Right. It's like, we actually
0: had, we actually had Larnell Stovall on a few weeks ago and he was saying the same thing in his choreography. He basically choreographs his action scenes to make sure that, uh, the editor doesn't have any choice. He he makes them undeniable so that somebody else can't come in after the fact and, and mess them up. You know, he, he basically takes it away just because he is like you, he's so confident in his abilities that he knows uh, that he's going to do it better than, than anybody else would. And so you just have to make sure that everybody else can see that it's, it's a, it's a common theme I see amongst our guests that you guys all, you know, your talents, and, and you just have to get other people to understand that.
1: Yeah, and I'm at the point where maybe you have to get them to understand that or you just leave them confused. <laughs> I'm not wasting my time trying to clarify to you whether you get it or not. You know, uh, but that's like further down the line in, in the timeline of what we're talking about. But that's just like in present time. It's like, well, no, yeah, you, you're the one. You're the one in control of your life. So I can't even really, it's a very slippery slope. Like I have no like concerns with like how people feel about the industry or whatever. It's wide open. There are no more gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. If you have product, you can reach your audience period. So there is no need for a studio or this person or that person. Hey, please pick me this, that, whatever, whatever. No, if you got the shit, I'm about to drop it and everybody's tuning in. Period. That's how you have to go into it or not. You know, now it's not, hey, well, let me see. Do you like my script? Uh, ying, ying, ying. No, go make your album and drop it. Go make your movie and drop it. If you got what it takes, go do it. Don't talk about how everybody else is not whatever, whatever, or this person. Just go do it. Don't talk about it. Go do it. Show me and that, leave it at that. That's where we're at in this day and age of like making action martial arts movies. Like I said, going back to the beginning, we were already doing Super 16 before Hollywood. We're from the Bay Area. People like George Lucas, who are just a stone's throw away, independent filmmakers, Francis Ford Coppola. It's about independence. It's not being about being a slave to Hollywood and their projects and what they want to do and their storylines and their agendas and this and that and whatever, whatever, whatever. It's about artistic freedom.
2: Yeah, this sounds very, it reminded me of some newer guys nowadays, like uh, Marshall Club guys, for example, you know, Andy, Brian Lee, you know, they were like doing their own thing on YouTube, like, like they did with no trending. They were like, we got this skill, we got the skill set. And then now, you know, they're doing Marvel movies. Now they won Oscars, literally. Like, yeah, so like, what you're saying is so spot on, like nowadays, you have the skill and the talent, you can you can take control of yesterday like that. And I, and I, you know, I'm sure, I was, I would, I'm sure they would agree. You know, part of that is because of breakthroughs of people like you. You know, getting through the door and uh, you know showing the world that no we, where you come from, no matter who you are, you got the skill and you get the talent. You can, you can, we can make.
1: And, and that's really what it is. Like you can, but see, they've but you've been tricked. The whole time leading up to this point, because I got into it when it was in the 80s. So it's mm-hmm. like I saw how Hollywood was in the 80s. And it's like, you're not getting in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like, period. I see you walking from down the street, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting in here, you know? And that's what it is. And it's all controlled by finance and production and distribution and all that. Well, that's all gone away. Mm-hmm. You finance from anywhere produce anything and distribution is everywhere so now there's no there's not those obstacles now it just comes down to you know trying to master your craft i think like for me it's about being a filmmaker it's not about uh choreographing a fight scene i've done that since i was eight years old that's like uh there's there's a limitation to me in the time it takes to choreograph a fight scene when I can tell a story.
2: Yeah, well, Mike, I, I don't want to jump in ahead of the timeline, but I'm um, now, now you get to, he's talking now. Um, my, one of my my question was about um you stated clearly that this has always been your mission from the get go. You and your family and your team, like that was like always the, the vision that would, they never waver. I uh, was wondering, uh, as you probably heard from a lot of your fans, a lot of people who, who love your work and enjoy what you've been doing. You've also inspired so many people um, from like the uh, representation, quote unquote, standpoint, you know, like, you know, seeing like, you know, Filipino kids on a big screen, you know, seeing a kid with sports, you know, like, or seeing a kid in the last Dragon. like, these are big things that for young people here in America who, like you say, we kind of get tricked to like, we can't make it like that. So, and, but then you see people like you on screen doing big things like that. Was that, was that um, part of the mission as well? Like, uh, yeah, the goal of is, of course. You know,
1: yeah, no 100%. It's not just the mission for like, hey, I'm the best at what I do or whatever. It's like, you know when you go through those stages of course being a teenager in your early 20s and maybe even living in Hollywood, you get retarded uh the 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 time growth yeah. becomes departed because you're like, oh, well now I'm like doing things that normally you do at this point in the timeline doing it way later on. Why? Because you've been living in some other kind of crazy world that's not exactly reality, you know, and having to juggle and navigate all the kinds of ins and outs of that kind of stuff. Um, But the mission has always been about, hey, you're doing your thing. And in the process of you doing your thing, you're inspiring and motivating and uplifting people in the world. So when people used to see me do my martial arts, they know like, hey, that kid didn't just get that good without like practicing an hour, you know what I mean? Three times a week or whatever like that. There's a lot of drilling and repetition to get to that level, you know what I mean? No matter where you are or how old you are. So it was always motivating, inspiring and uplifting, you know, and it was universal in terms of like, race or nationality or whatever that was part of it was was like and i've been all through the inner cities of america and i've lived i've been around you know the elite as well so i've seen a lot of that you know but really it's always been about like hey we come from nothing we come from a farming community you know and we have a dream and You have a dream and you have to go and fight to make that a reality. And that's what it is that we've been doing the whole time. And in the process of that, if there's any real value to your dream, it includes what are you doing for the accomplishment of your dream? You're going to get to go do all this and then what? For what? For to be able to create a safe, sane place for, you know, artists to, survive and flourish, you know, and prosper and have freedom to express themselves the way that they want through whatever medium they want and do that freely and not have to to be kind of looped into, I got to make a living and okay, good. So now I got to do all this shit in life that I don't want to do. I don't, I just can't live like that. And I've gone through so much shit in life and then come back. And know like, hey, there's a finite amount of time, no matter how uh, long we live, even if that's like 150 years, say say I'm going to live for 150 years. There's still a finite amount of time. So then as you get further and further down that timeline, you realize like, hey, that where you spend your time and what you spend your time on is going to greatly affect like what the picture looks like in the end. And what is it about? It's about making a picture <laughs>
0: I think you know, again, going back to, to kind of the importance of the Last Dragon, you also you had a hell of a start to your career because your second movie you're starring with Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, talk about talk about coming coming in hot. Uh, what was it you know what, what was it like working with Arnold that at, at that age of your of your career?
1: So, like, I'm eight years old. I'm in the gym already at this point. My dad has me, like, lifting weights. And, like, you know, we were really doing, like, I was basically training with them. So, whatever they were doing, I was doing it, too. And my dad wasn't really trying to, like, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Try to uh, change the curriculum. In terms of training regime, because I was tagging. It's just like, we're going to the track at five o'clock in the morning to go run sprints. So are you. You know what I mean? We're staying up late at night, training, whatever, whatever. You can go sleep in the corner at the school. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's just like they were doing their thing and I was just living in there with them. But what were we talking about?
0: Red Sonia working with, working with Arnie. So,
1: lifting weights with my dad <laughs> the the magazines mm. flex magazines like all of the stuff right and you know we were about bruce lee was my hero i was i'm trying to be the baddest motherfucker that i possibly could be like all the <laughs> kids can go play with their gi joes and whatever <laughs> trying to be bruce lee you know and that's what it was so uh yeah it's crazy how you know uh it's a different time period now. You know, I have children, whatever. It's just a different time, totally different time period. But I was training. And so, of course, I knew Arnold as an Olympian, you know. Right. And uh, I had seen pumping iron really clearly. remember watching it in my dad's bedroom when I was like eight years old on VHS. And like the weed smoking, the everything, you know. I mean, Arnold being on <laughs> his real Arnold, you know? Like
3: Arnold whole, is numero uno, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the whole deal. And um, so by the time we, we and then I saw the first Conan. So it was like, oh yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I knew it was up. you know. It was amazing. It was like basically one of my I'd say like in terms of like fun movie experience that I ever had, it was probably making that movie. We were in Italy working with the, Great Dino De Laurentiis, you know, in Italy, Rome, like crazy, riding horses every single day, sword fighting practice. I mean, real sets, real giant castles, like not CGI, not like giant castles, giant sets, like amazing things. And Richard Fleischer, legendary director legendary director so this was like now i was getting the like the real film the cinema like richard fleischer i mean and he was like the classic he was an already an older gentleman at that point you know but he was like serious director you know like like serious director so i got that whole experience you know and uh arnold was We would go and we'd work all day and then I was already lifting. So like we would finish the day's work and then we would go lift and it would be Arnold Franco Colombo and my dad. You know, (laughs) we'd be lifting, working out. And then you know, I'd always make him laugh because I would like I already knew his like whole posing routine. So I was (laughs) like, oh terrible. (laughs) Cracking up. But yeah, we were we were doing it. You know what I mean? And I was already serious about my life. It was like 12 years old, 13, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I'd already been training for like five years, you know. So I was like all about it. So it was amazing. It was really amazing. And one day he uh his mom had come to the uh the set and uh had visited for a couple of weeks and she was going home. So we were saying goodbye. So we went over to his dressing room. And said goodbye to his mom or whatever. And uh, he handed my dad and I a VHS tape. <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, this movie I just finished. Um, it's going to come out this summer. So this was an around Christmas time. And then so my dad and I went back to the hotel. We put in the VHS. We're just sitting there. We have no idea what it's going to be. We put in the VHS, press play, and up comes Terminator. That's, yo. And we were like, I was just like, oh, I was so hyped up. I was like, Dad, I want to make those kinds of movies, you know? Uh, it was crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy. And in that summer, Terminator came out. So like, Arnold became like a whole other level of superstar.
3: Right. I think as a kid, I was like just inherently jealous of you in that movie, and your experience surpassed my imagination. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh,
1: "This kid's yeah, my
3: fantasy," and then you just you did you actually lived my
1: fantasy. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, I was like, I think I was in like seventh grade, something like that. Yeah, seventh grade, just going into my seventh grade. So I had a tutor or whatever. I made some friends. I was in Italy. They are taking me to school dances. I was falling in love with all the Italian girls.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Damn. So, yeah.
2: See, it's kind of it's kind of funny, like you know, we're thinking about you know, from from our vantage point as the audience, you know, we're we're like kind of seeing this breakout talent and stuff, like you know, like when you get to your teen years or whatever, you know, when Disney Channel stuff with you show, um, and like so to us, it's like oh, wow, these guys, he's breaking the ho- Hollywood business. Like, nah, you've you been there from, like, the get-go. You was doing big things <laughs> from that from Small. This shit's crazy, though.
1: <laughs> it's really like that, too. Like, it was really from a very early age. My life just went, and it just was nonstop and really didn't slow down until I was through my teenage years. And then it was like twenties, and then it was like, oh, now we're in a whole, whole no man's land of trying to like figure it out, you know.
3: What so yeah,
1: it was. I had like experience after experience after experience when I was a, a kid growing up. That I was the only kid around doing like there was just nothing else. It was just me and around adults basically, and having amazing experiences. You know, you're missing a whole life, basically, you know, but you're also experiencing a whole life that, uh, you know, I'm grateful for, it. you know, at this point in my life, having a family, I'm grateful that I've lived it, I've walked a pathway, I know what streets not to walk down, you know, so as a family, as a filmmaking family, we can do our thing and and live our life and avoid, you know, some of the pitfalls that we know are harder to overcome.
2: Well, I, I kind of jumping around here but I'm, I'm curious like um you saw after you know your big your big dominance you know as as a teen and as a kid you said things kind of slowed down in your 20s was um you know your father has been with you from the very beginning was he um what was his kind of guidance um t- when that kind of that that point where it's like okay, now it's time to be an actual adult was he like um i guess was the concern more about um what's he g- g- gonna get or was it more like you know now it's time for you to learn how to be a man as like you know, get a family or learn how to um you dropped out. Like, what what did
1: you say? Was it time like, for
2: like was it, it was like was he concerned about the, getting your next gig, whatever, or was it was the concern more about um how to be a man, how to be an actual person or an
1: adult? You mean it's from my dad's point
0: of view?
2: Yeah, 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 him yeah, and like you as well, like Yeah, I don't know
1: exactly what from his point of view. I can't really speak from his point of view or whatever, but I was pretty much like deep into it. By the time I was 16, I was like, yo, man, I'm like doing what I need to do. And I'm also, you know, looking to be free. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Because you live this very, so it's like, you want to start, you know, you start hanging out with your friends and you start listening to certain music and you start thinking that's corny. And you're like, nah, that's just trying to play me out. Now you're trying to call the character Ernie and it's making you say goofy lines. And you know, there's all kinds of things going on. You know what I'm saying? And so you're looking for like, hey, I just want to do my thing. I've already been hired to do every single kind of thing. Let me just do mine, and this is like, you're like 16, 17 years old. Why? Because that's what happens when you're 16, 17 years old. But when you've been doing it since you were eight years old, it kind of manifests in a different way, which is like, hey, like, I don't know. I'm trying to, like my dad choreographed all my fights and everything that we did up until Ninja Turtles. And then I did my stuff in Ninja Turtles and in Surf Ninjas, it was mostly him and a little bit me but it was like i was also a producer on that so i wasn't trying to get too bogged down into the choreography um but uh the freedom to be able to make fight scenes and stuff like that that was those are the first kind of like beginning urges to be like free to 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 do what you want to do because that's what First comes down, like, oh, I don't want to do this. Okay, cool. Now it's like, okay, I can create fight scenes. I can choreograph fight scenes. I can do all that. Okay, cool. That's like where there's more freedom. Okay, cool. Well, I want to start directing stuff. It's like, okay, cool. There's more freedom to, okay, it's not just about the choreography, it's how we're going to capture it. And it's like, okay, cool. Now it's like, all right, well, now I've done that and I, whatever, whatever, directing, but all the stories that I'm getting, I'm just directing other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now I'm forced to start writing. And then you just, and it's just a process, right? Because where you're going, what you're heading towards for me is freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? And freedom comes with, you know, a lot of, uh, you, you're having to break down a lot of things in order to, to be free. Right. And, you, and it's, it's more challenging than just to agree with whatever everybody's saying or doing oh sure yeah i'll jump on this jump on that jump on anything just make sure that i'm working that's not that's not my dream my dream is not just to be working mm-hmm. right. my dream is to be a filmmaker like bruce lee yeah <laughs> yeah he did end of the dragon and that's what but he was that wasn't his dream I guarantee that it wasn't so that some corporate the man can tell them, hey, this is what your martial arts and this is what you're gonna. No, I want to express myself, right? That's what he says. Bruce Lee talks about, you know, what is martial arts? It's about expressing oneself honestly. Well, how can you express yourself honestly if you're telling me what the fuck to say? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> now I'm expressing you honestly. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I'm like? Hold oh, no let me tell my own stories oh well it's not going to be a marvel hit you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's not about that Mm -hmm. you know and if you're good at what you do and you're true to yourself you know what i mean and your messaging or themes or the things that people take away from watching you do what you do uplifts them and motivates them and inspires them like who's to say Like who's to say like well that's not a movie or this and that like you don't even know what a movie can be or not be you're just going based upon all these things that everyone's told you and what everyone's believing and it's like no it's like that's not my dream does your dream make sense when you wake up in the morning no but it was awesome okay good
0: yeah You that. Well, and that actually leads to kind of one thing that I wanted to talk to you about uh, a bit uh, on the filmmaker part. You know, you actually directed your first movie at a fairly young age. You know, 1998, you're directing your very first movie, uh, the process or as it's often been relabeled, The Ultimate Fight. Mm-hmm. You springboard from Surf Ninjas basically into into doing that as a, yeah. as, a as a career path. How did, I mean, that had to be quite.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, No. Well, what happened was, is like Surf Ninjas didn't become the the vehicle for me to um, be a Asian American, young, hip action star. It, you know, became a cult classic that people love, like, and still hold dear to their heart. And I hear it all the time you know, huge part of their childhood. But it didn't do with the box office. numbers. Now, mind you, I want to just segue real quickly because I think it's important telling this story. Like we, we made a, you know, my thing at that point was like spill work. I was like, I want to make family action adventure movies where the, the lead is a cool, hip California kid who can kick ass and do martial arts and is cool. And so that was like, well, we tried it too. So that's what ultimately ended up happening. That's what I was like, All I can buy into that. Like, hey, I'll make a whole bunch of movies with this kind of game geared towards this kind of audience. And that was my thing growing up, you know, fans of all those legendary filmmakers like Spielberg and Lucas and Copeland and Scorsese and Brian DePong and that whole era. So that was like my vision for what I was doing. That didn't work. And, uh, and then I, I I basically, it started with acting. I was like, okay, you know, I'm, what level of martial artist am I? And then like, what level of an actor am I? And am I as good of an actor as I am a martial artist? No, because I wasn't, I was just playing me. Kino is me. It's not like they made the character around me, around my personality that they saw when we were filming. Ninja Turtles two, my interaction and all of that—they made the character, and they they called him Kino. When my nickname is Kono, and so you know, it's it's one of those things. So, and then in surfing, it was like similar, not exactly, but very similar to where I was at that particular moment in time. So it was always just playing myself. It wasn't like I was going to be like I'm going to play something like way outside of. It. I've always played. Even a lot of my characters have been called Ernie. All my Disney stuff. I'm
0: Ernie. Yeah, and even they- at this time, yeah. we, we talked a little bit about Secret Bodyguard off mic. You know, that comes out at the same time, and you're literally Ernie. You're you're basically playing yourself in that show.
1: Yes, basically. At least the cookies and milk side of me. You know, <laughs> for Rizzo, you know, uh good little boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so then it was like, okay, well, I'm going to go into the theater and become a great actor. So I joined the American repertory company and for like 15 years was in there and like trained and learned actually a craft, you know, um, you have to be able to apply craft when you like break down classic material. Like you can't be your personality, even just with like Hamlet or like. Like you can't just be your personality and play Hamlet. Like you're going to have to like <laughs> dig a little deeper and have a craft and be able to break down a scene and break down beats and moments and break down a spine and a flaw and an emotional tone and a social veneer and have a whole, you know, you have to have all this shit basically, not just, Hey, what's the line? All right. Yeah. And then that's it. Like, you know, it's like, no, that's not, that's not acting. That's you just, being a personality and reading the lines and them shooting it real good and doing, you know, and that's cool too, whatever. But that's, so then I went to the theater and that's where I really learned like, Hey, you know, you're the star, you're the writer, you're the director, you're the producer of your own play in life. So do the work. And then you just gain some abilities. So in between surf ninjas in that time period, it was like, first of all, I'm graduating high school, okay, and the the golden age of like independent filmmaking is popping off. Quentin, Robert Rodriguez, all the people were coming out. This is like while I was in high school, sex lights, the videotapes, it's like all going back to like the early indie, right? And so. I was like, I'm all about that. This is like goofy. They're doing goofy shit over here. The big Hollywood, whatever, that shit is goofy. This shit is cool, right? Because you're a cool kid when you're like graduating high school. No and, the <laughs> and then when you go to a school where there's only cool kids and everybody just thinks they're a cool kid, you're really like, hey, you're not trying to. Do what everybody's doing. You don't care what everybody's doing. You're not interested in what anybody's doing. You're interested in all these cool things, you know. So independent filmmaking was it. You know what I mean? And so that's where that came in, the process. And it was all about that. And my point was, this is real like crazy, but this is my point. And this goes back to artistic freedom and where I'm at right now. I was like, it doesn't matter what the storyline is. Don't tell me, you know, remember a Bruce Lee storyline. What was the storyline in Chinese Connection? What was the storyline in Fist of Fury? What was the storyline in Game of Death? Nobody remembers that. (laughs) that. You know what I mean? And the trailers don't have anything to do with the story. The story is the, the trailer is the fight scene. That's it. And home video. Now, mind you, at this time, too early nineties, home video was popping and it was a very new market. So you're like, what? You can make an independent film. They're making all these bad martial arts movies all over the world and they're selling and people are eating them up and loving them. Nobody remembers a storyline. So don't tell me you're going to read a script of one of those movies and go, Oh man, it's going to be a masterpiece. (laughs) It's so awesome. No, it's the, it's the script that's like, then the title that's going to get you the little bit of financing for you to go make the movie and then for them to go sell it all around the world. So I was like, okay, let me go do that. An opportunity came up. Now, mind you, at this point, I'm just kind of like in the process. That's why I called it the process. Mm. And I was like, okay, when I graduated high school, I was about to, I was trying to go to film school. I wanted to go to NYU or UCLA it was kind of filling NYU. And then it was like, oh. And now I got Ninja Turtles too. And I'm like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Am I gonna go to school to learn how to make movies or get paid to make movies? And so that's what I did. And there's pros and cons to that, because you miss some of the other parts of it, right? Yeah. And so that's what I went to do. So when that when I started doing that, like the process, I was like, well, this is my film school. Like. I'm gonna go make my little film school movie, and I'm gonna sell this bitch all around the world. (laughs) (laughs) me, you know what I mean? And that was like my whole mindset, right? I was like, I don't care about any of that. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Do some fight scenes that are gonna be cool. They're gonna cut those things in the trailer, and it's gonna sell. And it ultimately it did, right? And so an opportunity came by where the people had fifty thousand dollars. And they wanted me to do this thing. And they're like, yeah, you want to do this thing? And it was like some cheesy version of like the Ninja Turtles and costumes. And I was like, hold up. No, absolutely not. Because now a few years had passed. It's like almost a decade. Eight years, eight to ten years had passed since the hype of Ninja Turtles and Surf Ninjas, whatever. And I've just been in my little indie mode, watching all the indie filmmakers and going through all the French New Wave and watching all of Kurosawa and watching just just trying to be the cool kid basically <laughs> you know like oh, i'm trying to be into film like whatever whatever like you know and that's what you do when you when you're at that age you know and so opportunity came they had 50,000 and so we only had short ends and this is on film mind you okay so you shoot a you, you're shooting you're shooting you're shooting cut now you have some pieces of film left but it's really not enough to shoot a scene like whatever whatever so you just clip that and whatever and that's you have an end there right so we shot everything on those ends those little pieces of extra film left around like they had a collection of those
0: yeah.
1: one take per setup like, whatever the shot is, you get one shot. This is on film. It's not like, yeah, just keep it running. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> where's the file or whatever? It's one take. There's We have very fine, there's like a 100 feet of film in here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, go. Good, we got it. Just that little bit. That we had that little coverage, the over of the... You see what I'm saying?
3: Yeah.
1: Moving on.
3: Moving on check the game. yeah,
1: yeah all of that <laughs> it's it. it doesn't even matter you know what i'm saying and like feel however you want about it like cry about it whatever it's like we don't have enough time you know? <laughs> yeah yeah we, we did it and by the way we had no script either you know i was very you know cassavetes and all these people and it's like you know like i i can do some really avant-garde martial arts way out thing and it's still gonna sell like that was me being very like kind of rebellious too and the way the situation happened there wasn't any of that it was like hey here's a script or whatever i was like can't do that but i'll take that money and take those take that film and go make you something and it will sell this thing will never sell anymore this will sell (laughs) And then we went and did it you know my dad puts the guys from up in the schools that did it, were part of his next generation of demo team kids and i just went there and like with my uh my my acting coach at the time threw together a you know an idea and just went for it and it was just like oh this is supposed to be this big uh stick fighting tournament okay there's literally eight people here in the so-called auditorium that we're having when it's really just a blank stage okay so yeah we have a stage okay but there's nothing in the stage it's just blank there's nothing and you have eight extras and this is supposed to be the stick fighting tournament <laughs> and, and you're like all right make something up doesn't matter this is like film school just doesn't matter you know and there's a there's a freedom in that too you know and that's part of the process and so that thing sold and that was that and of course there's horror stories of it getting cut up and then they change it now it's the this the ultimate fight and then you fucked up my music and you're just like whatever at this point you know at the time it's very heartbreaking but like yeah yeah so i dove right in and then uh and that process is, has led me to here with things in between, but it has been just a constant evolution. So that was in, however, that was over 20 something years ago.
2: Yeah. Well, here, um, Mike, I don't know how, we, how good we are in time, um, but um, I think you, know, you have limited time with us here. So um, I guess I, my last question was, um, you know, you've you kind of talked about how your, all your life, your experiences and all these different uh, facets of it kind of brought you to now. Um, you know, so can you tell us a little bit about them? Um, what you're working on now and what you're trying to, like, your current process, what, what you're going through now?
1: Yeah, I mean, so basically it's always come down to writing, right? Because, like, that's been the biggest loss. It's like, it's like I mean, this is a whole new craft, a whole new skill, something you have to suck at first. And you just have to grind through it. And then hopefully you get to a place where, at least for yourself personally, you can go, yeah, I'm feeling this. I think it's good. Because that's all you're going to have to go by, really. At the end of the day, of course, you're going to be very thankful for anybody who takes time to sit down and fucking read your scripts or whatever, whatever. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But in the end, like, you have to be able to read it. This is how I feel. You have to be able to read it and go, that's fucking dope. Right. If you can't do that to yourself, like, you're the audience. You know what I'm saying? Me, Uh, when I'm doing it, my process, I'm the audience. So I'm trying to see, like, ooh, if this is exciting me, and that's how I've always done, my choreography. I don't need to, hey, do you think this is cool? (laughs) I I don't need to do that, bro. I know, like, hey, if I put this together and I'm like, that's tight, I know everybody else is going to think it's tight. I don't need to ask for anybody's opinion about this or that. And even if there are people, well, I don't think, well, I don't don't care if you like it or not. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So. There's nothing there's nothing to worry about. You you, don't, you shouldn't be caring too much about what people think. You know, it's not when it comes to your artistic expression. Then you're not actually expressing yourself. You're doing some other thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I just my my personal growth phase with that is I I remember the first movie that I directed like nine years ago and we did the table read and the, the AD couldn't even make heads or tails of how nerdy my description of the alien ship was. So then I jumped in and I started doing it and I was like exhausted three pages in. I was like, how the fuck is anyone here actually listening to this? This is indecipherable. And then, you know, nine years later I'm, I'm, I'm doing screen tests with the actors and I'm like, you know, this is like normal. I think like this is actually okay. So, you know, it's a process.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, 1,000%. And that's also like my thing, too. It's like, you know, I think there's a youth and all that's good because I grew up as like a child, prodigy, so I already know the game, right? That's like a yeah. pressure. I'm also a parent, so I'm like, you're not trying to like... Things take time.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know what I'm saying? And you have to know that. I learned that through martial arts. Anything you want to learn, you start as a white belt, and then you work hard. And if you work hard, and your focus, and your discipline, and you're consistent in your practice, you you might be able to become a black belt. <laughs> even if you come, even if you're not that, you're gonna go from where you are to a whole other level that you can't even think of currently. But you have to train, you have to be consistent, you got to work hard, you have to be focused, you have to be disciplined. You know what I'm saying? But the process is that white belt to black belt. Doesn't matter what it is. You can learn. You can do anything. And so that was become the thing. Like, okay, now I got to. Okay, cool. Well, because I, all oh, this and that I'm trying. I know what there's a, there's a, a pull to what is it I'm trying to do? I'm trying to express myself. Yes. And there's a block of me being able to express myself. If I can't be the source of the material. I just it can't, I just, can't, and it doesn't mean, I just am at that point. And I know like there's a finite amount of time. And I'm also trying to set up for my family that they can understand and that value that process that, Hey, you can actually be an artist and survive and do very well. Just doing your thing. That's a great place. That's a great, that's like a blessing. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I get to just do my thing. It doesn't have to be, I just get to do my thing. I get to live my life every single day, the way that I want to, I get to work on the things that make me happy and that's it. So if I don't have like, you know what I mean?
0: Yes. If I,
1: yeah, it doesn't matter. Like that's cause it's about the process. It's going to be every day that you're living. Are you living the day that you want to live? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm even talking about movies is a good thing. You know what I mean because it's where my it's where my headspace lives. I got so- tell you,
3: I've been been doing this Zoom with these guys for two years, and like directing a movie in 2023 is Zoom. I'm I'm zooming with the different departments all the time, so it's like this this silly little skill is like actually now essential part <laughs> of the creative process. It's, it's very odd.
1: Yeah. And it's a yeah, it's a totally different world that we live in now. But it's freedom. Then there's also other obstacles. Right. So it's like, you know, there's, 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 there's great things. And then there are things that are like more difficult to overcome now. You know, there's a sea of stuff. So it's like, okay, cool. There's only used to be so many people that were funneling in through this small little gate. Now there's a fucking lot of people and there is no gate, So it's yeah. just, it's just, you're in an ocean of content. It's like, all right, well, cool. If I can find a way to do what I do, live the life that I want, and be able to provide for my family in the style and fashion that I feel is appropriate, then I'm good to do that for the rest of my life.
0: Oh yeah. I want I wanted to the last thing I wanted to ask you Ernie because I know and it kind of ties into everything you've just said and I hope it's okay that I ask you about this but I know a few years ago I, I won't get into the details for people who don't know they can look it up you had a major major health crisis uh yeah. and have pulled through and are are still with us and are are healthy has that has that? changed your view on what you want your <laughs> yeah. career and your life to be or have you always sort of had this this outlook this as long as I'm happy and doing what I want to do I'm I'm good
1: uh well just to kind of clarify what it is yeah so I had uh kidney failure it's like eight years uh, no it's like almost 10 years ago basically <laughs> and I just so I, and then I had a kidney transplant two years ago this month. Wow. Wow. So as far as the mission, it's always been the same. You I think develop a different strategy when you have different perspective on life. Right. So having grown up in Hollywood and experienced that and been on a mission, been fighting for my dreams basically my whole entire life, and then still be in the midst of the, the battle. Like, and there's no fucking, there's just this army of soldiers that you're going to have to fight through. It's not like, hey, they're dwindling or whatever. No, they're just coming more and more, right? It's like uh, you develop... It's traumatic, ultimately. Like, just the, the whole process, right? Yeah. You... Can find yourself having forgotten like what the mission is and why you're doing what you're doing. And you're just worried about bills and money and finance and this and that and whatever. And you're just, you don't, you can't even think about being creative at that point. Life is crushing you in because you have a vision of what your life is supposed to be, but you haven't figured out, how you're going to bridge from where you are currently to getting there and survive. Why? Because you're an artist. So you're going to get a job. What are you going to do? Read your lines? (laughs) Read lines for somebody like, what are you going to do? Sit in your chair, waiting, waiting around, go visit craft service. (laughs) What are you going to do? What do you know how to do? You know, do a kick, you know what I'm saying? What are you gonna do? You're gonna have to figure that out. And you're gonna have to figure that even out now. And you're gonna have to figure out how I'm gonna become an independent filmmaker and still provide for my family, pay my bills and do everything I ha- need to do so that I can do that. That is the plight of being an artist. Like, And then guess what? You don't have the answers and you might not have the answers. And looking back in retrospect, you're not going to have the answers for like a good 20 years. <laughs> you don't know that at the time. You're just trying to figure out how the fuck am I going to survive and still follow my dream. And I feel like I'm totally losing myself because I'm having to go p- put on a pair of khaki pants and button up shirt and tuck in my shirt and put a belt on and say, you know, act a certain way or whatever. Like I'm an actor, but that's just not who I am. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't. You know, so what are you going to do? You're going to go work security? What are you, night security? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, I'm pizza delivery. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of job are you going to get, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of job are you going to get? You're not going to get a job. You're going to struggle. That's what they call it. Struggling artists. What does that mean? I'm trying to live my dream and whatever, whatever, but I'm fuck. <laughs> that's what you can going be. So then that's you know, you develop a you can get angry, you can get depressed, you can get sad, you can get whatever the fuck you're gonna get. Well, life's gonna beat you down. And so <clears throat> uh having something like kidney failure where you have to go to dialysis three times a week, wake up at 420 uh go dialysis 5 a.m to 9 a.m three times a week sit there in a chair get exhausted feel like you ran a marathon at the end of it you know what i mean and then recover that day then have one day where you don't get to go to dialysis so you're feeling like i'm recuperating and then go back to dialysis the next day and you just repeat that for like eight years Mm -hmm. You're definitely going to go through a mental journey. And for me, that mental journey has been a blessing because there's impossible for me to mentally be where I'm at in terms of perspective without that happening. I would have just, I'm trying to, I'm an artist. I'm trying to do my thing. I'm doing my martial arts and training. And just, you know, you just, ah, you're just trying to like, you're like, none of that matters. Mm -hmm. None of it matters, right? Like when push comes to shove, it's never going to matter, right? So then you find yourself back in a position where you've worked hard and you've climbed back up to where you're at. And you're like, okay, now I am don't have to do dialysis. I can travel the world if I wanted to. I could do whatever the fuck I want to do. I'm not chained to, hey, I got to do all this and that, whatever, whatever. You're free. Well, what are you going to do now? You've walked this like one more centimeter forward and you're gone forever. And everybody's like, Oh man, that guy was so cool, man, whatever, whatever. And that's it. And then you're not even, I'm not even supposed to be here. Right. Mm -hmm. Technology has allowed me to be here talking to you. Mm -hmm. Medical technology. Why? I had a kidney transplant, some other organ in, in my body. I'm still up and going. Right. So, of course, when you get that close and then you come back, it sounds cheesy that the hero's journey, right? You come back <laughs> sir, and you're like, yo, motherfuckers, <laughs> don't waste your lives. <laughs> We're all going. <laughs> so it's like uh that's the reality. You You realize your mortality you realize, no, you are, and everybody, including your kids and their kids and everybody else down the line, everyone's going. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There is no avoiding it. Through technology, they're going to allow us to live a lot longer. There's a lot of great, you know, uh, medicine that's here now, vitamins, minerals, lifestyle, like that can lead us deep into where we don't know we can go yet, because it's moving faster than our lifestyles are changing but there's already technology that can and i'm proof of that right and so uh it's a blessing for me i'm really thankful for that i'm really thankful for that and i sometimes even now i'll lose sight of it here and there or whatever but i'm thankful for the knowledge that like hey man stand up for what you want to stand up for do whatever you need to do don't let fear stop you. Don't make any decision. Well, I'm afraid of it. Your worst fear is coming true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't worry about all the other little ones. Your worst fear is coming true. Get used to it. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Like, oh, okay, I'm afraid to write a scene or I, I'm, I, you know, and it's still true. It's like, you know, you write a script and you try to hand it to somebody to see if how confident you are. You know, but somebody like Christopher Nolan, I'm sure you're pretty damn confident. <laughs> it's just mastery or whatever, right? Yeah. So what you have to do? You just got to train harder and more. It doesn't matter how far away you are from mastery at this point. Just keep going. Keep moving forward, keep, you know, just keep, keep doing your thing. And you're like, you're going to end up where you need to, you know. And so that whole thing of being able to find balance of just being happy on the journey through dialysis, through a kidney transplant has deepened that. It's because theoretically, I kind of always felt that way. But like, once you've experienced it, you do know, like, hey, I'm grateful. You know what I mean? And it's important. That's why I would even come and talk. Like, of course, Chancellor hit me up. So like anything Chancellor wants, I'm like, yo, he's my guy. Seriously. Like and uh but uh you know, it's like why do you do these things? Why would you even share? Like who cares? Like, well, somebody does, and maybe somebody's gonna get something positive out of it. So that's a good thing. You know what I mean? We can
0: 100% tell you that people care that, that at least our audience cares. Our audience wants to hear what you have to say. Um, and honestly, Ernie, I can't think of a better place. I know you're on a limited time. I can't think of a better place to wrap up than, than that. That was an incredibly thoughtful, uh, wonderful answer. Um, so, uh, if people want to follow you online, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Instagram, Ernie Reyes Jr. Facebook, Ernie Reyes Jr. Um, threads (laughs) (laughs)
0: basically basically just everywhere you are it's ernie reyes jr so people can people can find you that way we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple more things so we'll let you go but ernie thank you so much this was this was just an absolute and it's it's it is a true honor to actually meet you i i cannot impress upon you enough what an honor it is to uh to actually meet the 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 kid that got me into martial arts like it, it really is I I can't believe I'm here talking to you right now.
1: Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Have a good rest of the day, and uh, maybe we'll chop it up again sometime soon.
0: Anytime oh, you want to come back, you you got my number. Anytime you want to come back, you hit me up. We'll get you back on absolutely.
1: Yeah, all right, all right. Thank you so much again for your time.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ernie. Liam, you are i can see you are holding on for dear life so we will we'll wrap this up pretty quick because i i can okay. i can i can see your eyes are, are getting very bloodshot
3: <laughs> oh yeah it's 1208 and yeah. uh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i had uh my producer in town this weekend and he's just like we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna get in there we're gonna go go through all the shot lists for the entire first week which is fine. Cause I'd already done the work, but it just means I'm at like a whiteboard and I do like overhead diagrams and I'm doing it all out. And, uh, and then I start rubbing the, the whiteboard, the, the black marker off, and then I will rub my face. So I just look like I was in like a, you know, a coal mine by the end, of, uh, <laughs> the end of the day, uh, just stressing out. But, uh, but it was good. It was really productive. And it was like, it's one of those, those things with repetition. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. And you find inefficiencies and, thinking about ways to just get more time out of the schedule and stuff like that. So yeah, no, it was, it was just, it was a long day, but uh, no, I thought that, that was a, that was a, a great interview. Uh, I was, I was holding on for dear life, but I, I think, I think it all went really well.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, so this is, this is the A4 where we kind of do things on the fly as we go. There's no script behind this. So yeah, I mean, that was first of all, I was talking amazing. Talking to like, a childhood hero who's, even cooler than you think he is. Like, you know how crazy that is. Like, to see the a, a kid in a sports league movie, he's even cooler than you think he is? Like, fucking A. That's, like, the coolest guy I've ever had to talk to. So, like, first of all, wow. But also, he yeah, it's like, a, i know not kind of... I wanted to talk like, you know, like the uh, new John will be coming out. Um, but, you know, maybe we can save that for next next week. Or I let's know. save
0: that for next week because yeah. I, w- I want to see it. I want to see that in Godzilla minus one so yeah, that I yeah, can yeah, actually, yeah. we can actually talk about them. So let's save that for next week. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it's just for now. It's, wow, man. I'm, I'm, look at Jesus Christ. Look at what we're doing, man. Look at, it's funny. Like, um, I was, as Ernie was talking about, you know, one almost, you know, eight years and, and kind of that medical torture and then, like, you know, Getting this like second like new lease on life, uh, you know. I, I think all, all of us listening, all of us here, us, us personally, like you know, that's really that's kind of resonant with us for a lot. Of, like in all of our successes and failures, and you know, you know the, the gravity of you know the, the real shit like death and stuff is gonna it's coming. It's touched us all in some way, you know. As and I was thinking about you know, I survived three years in Iraq and a year in Afghanistan. Rome got killed like this past year in my house of like fucking old man heart shit like I, like just like, the thing the thing about that the you know like and now he I, and now he's deadlifting eight plates look at <laughs> him <laughs> yeah like you know like, like he was saying like you know it's just coming can kill for you anytime anywhere but like you know you gotta do what you can to like you know make your life fulfilling however you can yeah wow that's some real shit man that real shit from fucking from keto man that's the dope life <laughs> life skills can I he
0: he definitely gave us the episode title because the episode title is gonna be Your Worst Fear Is Going to Come True. Um, so, um uh, yeah, yeah, very yeah,
3: existential but, in uh, yeah. but yeah, I could tell it was like hitting Vice right right where he lives in his black coffee, you know. It was like <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the manifesto
2: right there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's like yeah, we'll we'll, we'll save all that stuff for next yeah. week. So yeah, but um but hopefully we'll we'll be Ready, you know, see, see, what we need to see you get ready, and yeah, man. Oh, I'm, I'm, ooh, the, the year's running down, but like, we just, just feel like we're doing bigger, and bigger stuff, man. Shit, ah, I love this, love this fucking show. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Vice, where can people find you?
2: Oh yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram. At my fitness, doing my deadlifts, strong, strong with the K, strong. Uh, I'm on uh, Letterbox. I have a review. I have a review of uh, Godzilla and and uh, Silent, Silent Night up there soon at my fitness. And as a, uh, I'm on uh, Blue Sky and uh, the Discord. That's uh, me, same name as always. you are know, doing cool things. And as you know, two of us dies, because we're all going to die. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Vice Victus, talking all this shit.
0: Liam, where can people find you? <laughs> that was like the biggest yawn I've ever done on
3: the show. I can't even stop. <laughs> I'm, uh, ba- I'm, on, like yeah, I'm on Leo, Leo Moden, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the Discord. I don't think I'm going to be able to see a new movie for a while, but, uh, but uh, you know, I'll have, I'll have some fun stuff, I think. But, uh, but other than that, I'll see you in uh,
0: meathead corner. And you can find me, I'm at Hibachi Justice everywhere. And you can find the show at A4E Podcast everywhere. Or go to Linktree slash A4E Podcast. Uh, you're listening to us, so you know you can find us anywhere podcasts can be found. And that will do it next week. It'll be it'll be just the three of us again next week. be be another little catch-up episode. We got some movies to talk about, and we will have some movies to talk about. But uh, I'm going to wrap this up because Liam is literally about to pass, us, pass out at his computer. So, uh, boys, love you. Let's do this again next week.
2: Peace.